What comes to mind when you think about life? Your life? The lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course. But have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. The national waiting list for an organ transplant is more than 112,000 men, women, and children, with a staggering 102,865 of those individuals waiting for a kidney transplant. The wait times can seem endless for a deceased donor kidney for transplant, but the good news is that last year there were more living donor transplants than ever before. Hi, I'm Gordon Bowen, and you are listening to Episode 5 of Let's Talk About Life podcast, brought to you by LifeBank. If you've listened to the previous episode of Let's Talk About Life, you will notice that I am not the normal host. For this episode, we are switching things up a little, and I will be the interviewer. During March, which is National Kidney Month, we recognize the importance of taking care of your kidneys. In celebration of World Kidney Day on March the 12th, it is appropriate that our guest in the studio is none other than our usual host, Colleen Gerber. Colleen is a two-time kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member and has been an example of the success of kidney transplantation. How's it feel to be on the other side, Colleen? <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you here to tell your story and uh, for being a great employee of LifeBank. So, wow, I am so grateful to be able to be here. So let's get started. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. So when did you discover that you had kidney issues? Well, I had no symptoms, which is pretty common in kidney disease until I was in pretty close to kidney failure. I was in my early 20s and had another health issue that required me to have an ultrasound. At that time, when they did the ultrasound, they said, oh my goodness, your kidneys are so little, which I didn't think anything of it because I was tiny. I was, you know, less than 100 pounds and not even five feet tall. What we did discover was that when I was born, I had a genetic disformity of the ureter leading from the kidney to the bladder, which meant I basically had a kidney infection all my life and never knew it. Wow. So after I was diagnosed, it was a couple years and I found myself not feeling very well at all. And it was time for me to start dialysis. Um, Not a fun procedure. I went three times a week. I was still working full time. Learned how to live on the renal diet, the kidney diet, which is very restrictive, but I made it through. Simultaneously, family members were being tested for living donation. I come from a large family of nine, and I have seven sisters and one brother. And my sister that's two above me, she's eight years older than me, Joan, was determined to be uh, the best match And she was a four out of six antigen match, and they felt that was a good enough match for a transplant. So tell me, how did your family feel about your sister being a living donor? Yeah, it was a very stressful time for my family, Gordon, having two daughters in surgery. And plus, really, you know, transplantation was still relatively new back in the 80s. But I have to say, once I had the transplant, I felt like superwoman. I couldn't believe that this is how you're supposed to feel on a daily basis. 
And yeah, I had no clue that I could feel physically that great. One of the important points that I want to bring up today is that it's not only living related donations happening, it is strangers doing it now. You said in the opening that last year we had more living kidney donations and transplants from that. And it's a wonderful thing. A stranger has two kidneys, and as long as you're healthy, you can donate one to somebody else and really not feel any effects of it. My sister Joan is doing great today. Right, and I think that, you know, living donation, thats I think that's where we can make up the difference in uh, people waiting for kidney transplant is by increasing the number of living donors across the United States. Absolutely. We are blessed to have two great transplant centers in our immediate area, and they both do living donation. And people can find out more about living donation on lifebank.org if they want to consider doing that for a stranger in need. Right. So you had your uh, living donor kidney for for many years. And uh, so when was it indicated that you would need a second transplant? Joan's kidney lasted for close to 21 years, probably somewhere around the 20-year anniversary, 20-year mark. I knew that my kidney function was deteriorating. So my sister Beth, who is actually a year and a half younger than me, was my second match in my family. Um, Unfortunately, Beth had some health issues that needed to be addressed, and that would have postponed the second living-related transplant for an unknown determined amount of time. Because my kidney function had gotten so low, I was listed on the national waiting list for for a transplant as well. So your second kidney was actually a LifeBank donor, wasn't it? It was a total surprise. It was one of those things that you couldn't even plan. It was a stormy night. I went to bed after a hard day of work and got a phone call in the middle of the night telling me that there was a kidney available for me. And ironically, matched me perfectly. We were a perfect match. He matched better than my own family. What a miracle. It was a miracle and totally unexpected. I thought I had the whole story figured out in my head and how this was going to go, and that's not how it happened. Well, that's like donation can happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime, as well as those waiting. Never know where that miracle is going to come from. You are absolutely right. I just want to assure our listeners that just because I'm a staff member at LifeBank, it had nothing to do with it. It was solely matched um, on the tissue typing. And that I, to this day, do not know who my donor was. There was no moving up the list because I worked for a life bank or anything that wasn't done by the book. I'm just grateful to the family for making that decision and saying yes. Yeah, and the allocation system we have in uh, in the United States today doesn't allow for that to happen anyway. But that is a misconception out there. So thanks for clarifying that. And in fact, I've kind of named my second kidney Earl because I have no idea who he is. But I like to remind myself that this isn't my kidney. This was a gift. And I do what I can to make sure that it's taken care of and Earl is doing great. So that was in November of 2005. At the end of this month, it'll be 35 years since my first transplant. I just feel grateful for each and every day. Well, so what is it about kidney disease that makes it so prevalent in our society today? Well, Gordon, that's a really good question. If you look at the numbers you stated in the beginning, again, 112,000 people are waiting for an organ transplant and 102,000 of those are waiting for kidneys. So that's 90%. 
I think there's a couple of things going on. Number one, high blood pressure and hypertension runs in a family. You're more likely to have to deal with high blood pressure. But also, and equally alarming, I would say, is our lifestyle. You know, we don't eat like we used to. We don't move like we used to. And diabetes and hypertension, high blood pressure, are really issues that our society is struggling with now. So when we talk about kidney and World Kidney Day and even my story, the big lesson, the big takeaway is to be aware of what your kidneys do for you. They clean and filter your blood. They give you energy. They remove the toxins from your system. And so they're very, very important for you to feel your best. And a couple of things that you can do is general things like make sure you're eating correctly, make sure you're resting and getting exercise and moving around. But also every once in a while, know what your blood pressure is. Make sure that you have a baseline and that you know when it goes up or down or it's not in the norm. And then the other thing is be super aware of sodium. You know, like sugar, sodium is hidden in so many foods. And I just think that people need to be aware of what they're taking in and how their body is processing it. But really, Gordon, the most important thing people can do is stay hydrated. Put the pop down and those sugary drinks. Really stay hydrated with water. Drink water every day. Not only will your kidneys be happy, but all of you will be happy. And it sounds so simplistic, but really that's one of the keys to good health, especially good kidney health. Well, awesome. Well, Colleen, I want to thank you for allowing me to be the uh, guest interviewer today. This was fun. I'm Gordon Bowen, CEO of LifeBank, and thank you for listening. And Colleen will take back the host duties next week on Let's Talk About Life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life, the podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is truly all about life. Life given, life received, and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org or visit lifebank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at lifebank.org. Literally. Someone's life is depending on it. Donate life.